the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me as always is editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. I keep wanting to say deputy. And then I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Last minute upgrade. Um, Trev, busy-ish week in football, you'd say? Considering there's not a considering huge the amount of football being played. But um, mm. Festival of Football will kick off with. Um, there's been two match days so far. Um, opening games on Sunday saw... Uh, AEK put five past Sydney. Sydney got three in return, but probably probably didn't tell the story of the golf between the two teams. Yeah. I think Sydney got a, a, a rude awakening there. And Rangers... Uh, three points, though, a win? Yeah, three points for a defeat. Um, Rangers beat Blackburn 2-1. Crowd of just over 14,000. Um, and last night, we in a torrential downpour in Sydney, it has to be said, uh, you know, to be fair, it was, uh, it was not a night for going out and taking the kids out to watch a game of football. Um, AEK continued their form beating Blackburn 2-1 um, and Sydney ground out a nil-nil draw with Rangers that never really got going certainly wouldn't bring the neutrals flooding back through the gates and I, I, I was surprised that there was even 9,000 there um, mm. didn't look like it on the TV but everyone was obviously huddled up undercover um, below, yeah. yeah so what what we made of the, the first two matches you've been to both Trev what do you yeah think? yeah I've been enjoying them I've not been to the, that sort of double header set up before and you, yeah. you're thinking in, in the space of a week you're going to get to see six games and um, you know I think it's a, a great concept it, it's quite interesting the fan reaction to it because I think they are disappointed with those figures aren't they the, the yeah. 14 and the 9 and you could well, accredit I mean everyone just seems so you know and, we, and we're as bad because we talk about it a lot but you know it just seemed this obsession with crowd numbers yeah yeah and, you know, and part of me just thinks well you know crowd numbers and pricing you know and, and mm. it's, you couldn't really moan about the pricing for this cheapest tickets were 29 bucks yeah. for two games of football with the Scottish champions, the Australian champions, a Premier League team, and you know a strong Greek team, I yeah. don't think you can moan at those prices. Well, I, I think readers still have, haven't they? If yeah. you read the forums, no, I don't, I don't still what, I don't know to. what people want. If you want Premier League teams out here, you've got to face the facts that you, you know, it costs money. You know, they're travelling with a squad of fifty people. Yeah. You know, players, officials, you know, physios. You know, mm. if you're going to bring a Premier League team out and everything that goes with it. You're not going to get to see them for ten bucks. No, you know, yeah. it costs that to see a New South Wales Premier League game. I think it's twelve bucks to go and see Sutherland Sharks. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know what people are expecting, and I think, I for me, I think the twenty-five buck mark is about right. Yeah, you know, I, think I, so, yeah. I thought the Everton tickets were, were massively overpriced at fifty until they brought them down. Yeah, you know, I, I think twenty-five dollars to go and, and see a, a, a Premier League team or a team of standard of Athens, I think, is about right. Yeah, you know, twenty-nine bucks for two games is certainly right. So. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit of, you know, you can't really please anyone. No. Um, I mean, as a concept, I think it's definitely got legs. Oh, I think it's great, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's locked in for the next few years, isn't it, in yeah. Sydney? So, um, talk of getting even better teams and perhaps better prize money, you know, further down the line. So, yeah, yeah look, it's a great idea. I wonder if they were thinking, you know, we've locked it in for Sydney for the next few years. I wouldn't mind going to Melbourne or somewhere else, to, you know, to do it. Because it's not filled them with confidence that, you know, Sydney, Sydney signers who have a reputation for being fickle on what events they go to... Um, you know, should they go somewhere where they can get more pre-sales? Yeah, although you you look at Melbourne and their crowd against Boca Juniors, you know, mm. you'd probably say, well... Uh, what did they get there? 13, I think it was, yeah. Mm. Um, on Boca Juniors, obviously, just a, a quick shout-out and a, and a 
you know, pat on the back to Wellington Phoenix, who started uh, showing that they're uh, they're going to be another side that's tough to beat, having uh, beaten Boca Juniors. Obviously, I was on them at five dollars fifty. Of course, um, Ricky and the boys came through, so uh, hats off to them. But back to Festival of Football this weekend sees the, the, the final double header on Saturday, which you'd hope will be the biggest crowd of the three, um, mm. which sees uh, AEK take on Rangers, and obviously. Uh, you know, you'd probably say even a draw maybe for AK would probably be enough for them yeah, to take out so. the tournament. Um, but then Sydney FC taking on Blackburn Rovers, obviously Brett Emerton um, and Vinnie Grella you'd think would figure. Um, so Sydney versus Premier League opposition. So how do we think they'll go? Um, what we've seen in the last two games? Well, based on what I've seen at Blackburn, absolutely terrible. I mean, the first game they credited to jet lag because they'd yeah. only been in the country a couple of days. Not quite sure what the excuse was for last night um, because they were terrible again. Um, you know, AEK took their two goals really well. They, they seemed quite clinical. They were against Sydney, weren't they? And that's yeah. why they scored you know, seven goals. Um, but yeah, Blackburn looked look well off the pace. And I don't know if you saw that Paul Robinson deciding to do flick-ups in the box before he cl- cleared at the goalkeeper. I don't know. I just get the impression they're not really taking it that seriously. They're probably yeah. taking it the least seriously out of all of yeah. the teams, and that kind of shows that they're getting a bit of a workout out of it. Allardyce is into all this fitness stuff, and I, I think that's all they're, they're probably doing more behind the scenes than the actual game. Yeah, they'll be working hard. But. I think so. And then I, I think Sydney Blackburn will be probably another draw. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyone stood out for Sydney? Anyone? You know, they've got a, they've got a guy trialing Tiam, who scored in the first game, nearly scored last night with a. With a sort of curling lob towards the end. Yeah, well, I've seen lots of players like him before. Big lad. <laughs> big, big lad. Very big lad. 6'6", six, six, isn't he? Yeah. You're saying? Um, yeah, look, he, he's one of those players, a bit like Paolo Wanchop, that's capable of, you know, a, a moment of brilliance or getting his head on the end, but also capable of being so frustrating and so slow yeah, and so annoying. I, I think you'd be very cruel to Paolo Wanchop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we had him at West Ham and he was <laughs> terrible, but yeah, yeah, look, I, I, am, I am being a bit cruel there, but... Yeah, he's, he's one of those players, but maybe, you know, that they've thought we just need a big man that we can sling on when Bridge and Brosk aren't working or we need a goal, then, you know, throw him on. And, you know, that shot he had last night, I thought he was just going to be a goal guy that was going to score with his head, but, you know, he got an all right curl yeah. on that. He might, he might do okay in the A-League. Okay. Uh, we'll see. They've, they've, done, they've said, well, obviously, there's, there's time, time's running out for them to either make a decision on this guy or get someone else in. And yeah. uh, having, as they've said, looked at 80 players, you'd mm. think that they're... Uh, he, yeah, they're running out of people to look at. He might be my Chris Greenacre this year. Really? He might be my striker crush. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get on him for top scorer. Well, I mean, can we really see him starting though? No, nah. he's, he's gonna be another. Unless, option, he? unless so, he goes, you know, on a bit of a run of goals, but yeah. you know, you'd have to, you'd have to find a place for him alongside Bridge and Brosk. Yeah. I thought Brosk has been brilliant. I thought Brosk was excellent against Everton, and I think he he could have a really, really good season. New contract settled, vice captain. Yeah, Nicky Carl played a half yesterday and you know, looked looked solid. Few looked, little tricks. Know, not really the game for him, not really the surface for him. No, no. Um but you know, let's hope that um the rain holds off and we get at least a, a decent surface for Saturday night and also the following Saturday obviously when the A League proper kicks off. Yeah. Um topic that's running hot on our forums, hundred and twenty eight comments on the uh on your uh, your chat with some of the Rangers fans who were giving the Sydney fans a bit of a G up, so where are you? a cheeky are? little story. I didn't expect, <laughs> you know, everyone's get that upset. Um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting that the, the, a member of the Oceana Rangers Supporters Association expressing his surprise at the Sydney turnout and the, the fact that when the 
uh, Rangers fans got their Sydney fans, you know, just left and they weren't too welcoming. Um, yeah, I suppose it's a bit of a rally call, really, to, to see more Sydney fans. I mean, it, it didn't happen last night, but hopefully you get more Sydney fans. I mean, what should they be pushing for on Saturday? I mean, over 20, you'd be thinking, wouldn't you'd you? Like, you'd like to think so. You'd yeah. think 20 to 25 would be a good turnout, you know, Saturday. Particularly with the Sydney game being Saturday night. You know, mm. obviously, we're, we're still in the throes of, you know, amateur seasons, last last rounds this weekend and last weekend. Mm. So, you know, it's like mid-afternoon, early afternoon, Sunday's not ideal, but, you know, no excuse with a Saturday night. 8 o'clock kickoff or 7.15 kickoff or no. it is it seems to be that's the only time slot that people can't go oh it wasn't a good time slot because everyone yeah. moans about you know every <laughs> other one but if Saturday night it seems to be okay yeah right well look at obviously another, the other big news that's been going on this week has been the, uh, the members of the FIFA World Cup bid inspection team have been in Australia for the last three days uh, led by probably the least sounding Chilean guy I've ever heard of uh, Harold Main Nichols <laughs> sounds like some, some old conservative MP. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's president of the Chilean Football Federation, so he's been leading the uh, the delegation, which has also included uh, Danny Jordan, who is a familiar face, obviously with the South Africa being head of their uh, organising committee. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been touring. They did uh, ANZ and Sydney. They did Brisbane and they did Melbourne, um, and they've come out and said that they were very impressed. Although I always think it's a bit like. Uh, the, the, the rock band that's on tour, you know, and they're doing you know, yeah. like, Yo, Springfield. Yeah, you guys are the, the best. Greatest. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they'll say exactly the same when they leave Qatar, exactly the same when they leave the US. Um, but overall, it seems to go well. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Do you have a feeling? I don't, do you know, I don't know about this bid. <laughs> obviously, you know, really, really want to get it. You know, that all goes without saying. But we've, we've been given, you know, such little amount of interest and information around it. You know, and some you know, no one was allowed to talk to these guys on over, which is probably fair enough. And all you get is the odd release about things still going along well. You know, you don't really, you know, get to the crux of, of how our bids go. And I probably couldn't comment with any authority about how well we're doing. I really don't know. I yeah. you know, I, I assume with the people in place that we are doing a good job, but I couldn't say with any confidence. Well that I mean, given that, you know, I, I can sort of understand the sort of shepherding of them away from the media when you oh, can't completely, guarantee. Yeah what the media in Australia are going to ask them or what they're going to throw at them. You yeah. know? And then the media, the mainstream media, have, have certainly not been mm. fully behind this bid. So I can sort of see that. Um, I mean, my, my concern with the bid is that, you know, it's after South Africa and Brazil, which has already, you know, got its issues, uh, they're behind schedule, you know, for me... If FIFA want to make a lot of money out of 2018 and 22, mm. they go England and they go USA. Yeah. They, the grounds are already there. The infrastructure's already there. It would be two of the, you know, the highest yielding commercial and ticket sales World Cups probably ever. Mm. Or in the USA, you know, is the highest average attendance at a World Cup mm. from '94, and the game has gone on leaps and bounds since then. You know, the USA's performance at World Cups since then has been has been very strong. So that, that's my concern, is that we know that FIFA are a financially driven organisation and the obvious financial decision would be England and the USA. Yeah. I believe it was um, $2 billion, wasn't it, from the South Africa World Cup? That they, they, they got, yeah. Yeah, they're saying $2 billion tax-free, tax well, yeah. They, yeah, they, um, they, they, insi- they insist as a, as a condition of hosting the World Cup that, uh, that any money FIFA takes out of the country is uh, tax-free. Of course, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Of course. Uh, you know, about the 2022 20, bid, are, are we all in agreement that it's between... Us in the US? I think so. I mean, you, you know, like, Qatar have got so much money, but I just think FIFA would just lose all credibility by giving it to them. 
Yeah, I don't think. But, uh, but yeah, it's like it's a, it's pretty much a one city country, and mm. okay, they're talking about building stadium underground, and whatever, but Sounds you've got to think of the fans. You got to think of the fan experience. You the know, air conditioned um, yeah, stadiums because yeah, it's, like, it's going to be like forty. What are they going to do? Build ten, you know, eight cities to host the games. You know, it's no, like, it's not I just can't see logistically how it can be credible, no matter how much money they've got, and as, and as ridiculous, you know, as, as money driven as FIFA are. Yeah. I just think there'd be such a backlash from the public, from other federations. Say, what are we doing? What mm. what is this decision based on? Yeah, sure. And another thing about you know FIFA seemed intent on rotating the World Cup, taking it to South Africa, you know, taking it over to Asia and stuff. Um, you know, obviously by 2022 that'd be some distance from 94, but it does still feel a little bit to me like we weren't in the US that long ago and they've yeah, had their little I'm not sure about that rotation policy that rotation policy was Blatter inventing it so he could take it to Africa I, I don't mean so much yeah. the rotation policy but as in rotating it around taking it to yeah. new areas yeah. you know I feel like the US one weren't, wasn't that long ago and they've had that boost from and that and now Japan it's Japan and South Korea you'd think were too soon you yeah. know, after 2002 um, yeah I mean I, I see it between Australia and the US and I guess the question will come down to you know do FIFA want to make a, a shed load of money out of the World Cup guaranteed with no, you know, completely plain sailing? Yeah. Um, or do they want to take it to a new market? Yeah, you know, that, that will still make them a lot of money. I'm sure the World Cup here mm. would be a fantastic success, but there, there would be that element of, you know, it's not a big football market. You know, mm. it is a, a lot a long way from everywhere. Mm. Um, but what are, they, what are they doing with this money, FIFA? What do they do? We invest in it. Of yeah, right. But I'm just saying, what, you know, what are they going to do with that two billion for the game for the world? <laughs> um, another bid that is slightly, uh, slightly less competitive. This, I is, love this. Is the bid <laughs> for the Asian Cup? Now, let me just get this straight. We're the only country bidding for it. Yeah. Yet we have to go through the process of flying people out to Kuala Lumpur to hand over. The bid book. I put so little work into that bid book. Be like, I'll be like yeah, a piece of paper. Got a few grand. <laughs> we'll host it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, it's like, is the bid book like one sheet of paper saying, we're in? Yeah. yeah. We're up for it. Um, yeah. Here's a map. The Asian Cup, I mean, especially if they don't make it an international break and like we don't get our players back from Europe and no one's bidding to hold it. It's like becoming a bit of a joke, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think we obviously we need to do this. I think certainly Australia needs to improve its standing in the AFC. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one way of doing it. And, and hosting whether the, you know, like I say, if you can't get fifteen thousand people out to watch a double header for twenty nine bucks with, uh, mm. you know, a Premier League team, you know, three European teams, I'm not sure that, that the general public are going to be enamoured by you know going to see Bahrain versus Bahrain, Qatar. Yeah. You know, on a Wednesday night out of Homebush. No, but I mean, this, I mean, who, who's going to host the next one? There's only you know, Australia bidding for this one. Is anyone interested in the next one? Are they going to have to start? You just know, leave, just leave it here. Yeah, they're going to have to start making countries host the tournament because no one actually <laughs> yeah. wants to. You get kicked out. A, well, I suppose at least you don't have to qualify. Yeah. So take that. So yeah, the A League ruse won't have to qualify for it. Um, all right, back closer to home. Uh, obviously, we're just we, we're exactly a week away from kick off. That has crept up, hasn't it? The star has, yeah, it has. Also, though, just one thing on the festival of football. I think there is, and the others, the friendlies. You know, Melbourne's game and the Everton games. I do think there's a bit of a World Cup hangover. Yeah. And I think had there not been the World Cup, I think people would have been a little bit more excited about going to watch mm. the team again. But I think it was, came so close on the back of the World Cup that um, it didn't give them a lot of window to market 
the games in. No. And also people are a bit like, mm, A-League's only a week away. Yeah. Um, all right, Ernie Merrick has come out and said that he won't be rushed into a panic buy as he looks to add to his, his striking stocks. Obviously, um, Archie's still injured. Fabiano and Danny Olsop no longer options. And obviously, congratulations as well to Danny Olsop who um, banged in a hat-trick against Portsmouth for uh, D- DC United. Mm-hmm. Um so he's going, he's going well over there. He's been in and out of the side, but I mean, you, you think now that having come in and ha- uh, bang a hat trick against the formerly, pre- you know, recent Premier League opposition, you'd think that that might cement his place. Mm, yeah, um, this only merit thing is it's quite obviously Scotland's known for producing a lot of good managers, isn't it? Probably more good managers than players, um, and often the thing that Scottish managers are is quite pragmatic about spending the money and signing people. You know, really tight. From yes, that's exactly what I mean. And you're like you know, David Moyes and even Alex Ferguson in recent times has, yeah. has got that Mexican striker in rather than, than you know Hernandez rather than going for for someone else. And I, I think that's probably what Merrick's mentality is here that he's not going to panic by. He's not going to quickly get in someone that's got a good Wikipedia page and you know get I don't know if the right person, but get someone in eventually. I'm sure. Throwing away some of my notes. <laughs> Have you been on Wikipedia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Um, he has he has made a couple of sort swoops. Swoops. Quite like that. I love the way that, that, that it's, especially the English press always say that a manager swoops. Man United are looking at swooping. It's got this image of like Alex Ferguson flying and then sailing yeah. down, picking up his player and his teeth. Um, anyway, Melbourne have swooped uh, to sign. Uh, first of all, they've added a 19-year-old keeper from Melbourne Knights, Sebastian Matai. Obviously, they let Mitch Langerak go. Um, after a bit of a bit of a tete-a-tete, but eventually he went uh, to Germany and they've replaced him with Sebastian Matai, who will be on the study to Michael Petkovic. Um, and also they're very close, apparently, to signing unknown Welsh winger Jeff Kellaway, oh. um, who was came to Australia on a playing holiday. So um, that's Sydney and Melbourne. Youth it's, hostels, holidays. We're going to talk about the marquee situation in the A-League later, but it seems that we're almost... Go- <laughs> like we've snubbed the marquee opportunity for uh, signing backpackers or people that are here on holiday. Um, but anyway, you know, he's 24. He's been playing in the VPL for Dandenong Thunder. Um, apparently, uh, it, that old classic stood out in a recent friendly yeah. against Melbourne. The one good game he's ever going to have. Villa have fallen prey to a few of them <laughs> before. Um, so signing a player that plays well against you once, I think, is always quite dangerous. But yeah, um, but yeah apparently, he's quick, strong. Can play, plays wide right, more of a provider. This is according to Thunder coach Stuart Munro, um, ex-Blackburn and Rangers player. So, um, so it looks like they they are looking to, uh, to to add to their stocks, but a striker, which you'd probably say is the position that they need most, doesn't seem to be uh, doesn't seem to be forthcoming. I tell you, that's a headline to send back to your mum, and it victory's Welsh wizard winger. <laughs> Look what they're calling me out in Australia. Uh, Looking at some of the uh, some of the Aussies overseas uh, in the in as we call in the Asia ruse, um, Joel Griffiths uh, provided a back heel assist for the only goal of the game as Beijing defeated Jiangsu Sainty one nil in the CSL. How good is the China Super League? Do we really? I mean, I the, the Chinese national team's hardly flying, is it? No. So how good is? I've no, I've never seen him play over there. I've never seen the league, but. You know, everyone gets really excited because he scored a few goals over there, and he should be part of the Socceroos and blah blah blah. But you know, I think we have to actually have watch him and see how he's getting up, getting on, really. Yeah, um, Chris Coyne uh, started, uh, but was substituted at half time in a two-one defeat. Not a good sign. Well, unless, well, yeah. Unless he was injured, you'd hope he was injured. Um, 
Josh Kennedy played the full game for, for Nagoya Grampus, um, who won 2-1 to stay in touch with the leaders. Um, also, good news from Japan um, was that Matthew Speranovic uh, again started for the UR Reds and played a full game uh, in a 4-0 win to get a clean sheet. Yep. And you'd probably say after the World Cup with obviously Craig Moore, the, the end of Craig Moore's um, career and, you know, Kiz Norbo still being some way away from fitness that, you know, uh, uh, Matthew Spranovic playing week in, week out in the J-League puts him right in the frame for a, mm. for a soccer Uzbek. And that is a better league. Yeah. You know, the J-League is a better league. Yeah. So you'd hope that, um, you know, he might be uh, get a call up for some of the games coming up. Uh, last story, just before we end up, uh, a uh, slightly extended uh, first period, is... Uh, James Brown, Kev at work with his uh, headlines. James mm. Brown gets on up. Uh, he's been cleared of, uh, of, a, of an ankle injury. Um, he obviously, last season, he, he came in with a big ticket. Trev, you went up there and everyone yeah. thought very highly of him yeah, and ended up burn. breaking his leg. Um, but he came back from that and, and did very well and, and starred for the, the Gold Coast um, youth team that won the championship last year mm-hmm. and ended up breaking into the first team and scored. Cracking goals well, yeah, wasn't it? 22 it was, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so you think that you know, he's, uh, he's going to be there thereabouts this season, so it's fantastic that um, his injury wasn't as bad as, uh, as first feared. So that's all we got for uh, our A-League news roundup for Section 1. We'll be back in Section 2 to play... Uh, Play a little bit of uh, an old quiz game. Mm. See you after the break. The new issue of 442 is on sale now. Relive all the best moments of the South African World Cup with our 30-page review, including expert analysis into the Socceroos' performances. We predict the impact that man called Mourinho will have at Real Madrid. Go behind the scenes with A-League new boys Melbourne Hart and go one-on-one with outspoken former Socceroos keeper Zelko Kalic. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, we're into the second second section. I was going to say second half then, but it's not. It's the second and third. Um, do you ever remember Blankety Blank? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Blankety Blank. Blank. Blankety Blank. Oh, no, I've, I've cocked it up. Blankety Blank. <laughs> Blankety blank. blank. Right, we're going to play my <laughs> version of Blankety Blank, which is I read out a football-related sentence with a strategically placed blank, and you fill in the blank. Yep. Yep. Not and a problem. I might have a go as well. Yep. Um, only one. The golden boot winner of this season's A-League will be blank. Shane Smeltz. Ooh. Not exactly a shock. I mean, especially when Archie's going to be out yeah. the, at the start. I mean, Robbie Fowler might give it a go at... At Perth, but yeah, I mean, Schmelz normally clears it by a few. I, mean, I suppose Van Dyke might have a good season mm. too. He's normally around there, but all right, I'm, I'm going to go Fowler. I'm going to go Robert yep. Fowler, tops the Prowler. Um, Gold Coast's crowds will be blank than last season. Ah, uh, pretty much the same. Really? Yeah, I, 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 I can't. Yeah. What's happened? What's happened nah, in the meantime yeah. to, to make him any bigger? No, I agree. I'd say Gold Coast crowds will be about the same as last season. Yep. Uh, there will be blank managerial casualties in the A-League this season. Mm. Good question, this. Interesting. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for zero. Ooh. And the reason is because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people in new positions, actually, yeah. changing around, or a lot of guys having their first full term. Um, in which case, I think they'll be given a bit of time. And I think a few of them have got tough jobs. You know, you know a new guy at Adelaide and a new person at North, North Queensland Fury. Um, and then you've got people like 
Merrick and Levitska are, who, who are pretty safe. I think Levitska might go at the end of the season, yeah. but you know, I don't think he'll be pushed. I think he'll he, he would have done what he needed to do over and leave. But no, I don't, I don't think anyone's gonna gonna be pushed oh. out. I think they might. Yeah, be I'd, I'd sort of probably agree with that. Although I'd say that this, you know, the, the only way I could see it happening would be if one of three teams got an absolutely shocking start, like didn't win for the first five games, yeah. and those three would be Perth, Newcastle. Or Queensland or Brisbane, Brisbane, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Perth in particular. If if any of those teams just like had an absolutely shocking start to the season, I could see them parting ways. Yeah, either the the manager resigning or uh, or or leaving. This is Dave Mitchell's, you know, last chance to sort of get top two, isn't it? On paper, he's he's probably got the strongest, most balanced squad in in the league. You know, and now they got you know got yeah probably have the best best season last year now they need to, to better that yeah. you'd think they're going to be playing in front of much bigger crowds every week yeah, so. and they need to win away from home I know it's a long yeah. trip but yeah. you know, they have to start picking up points away uh, the 2022 World Cup will be awarded to blank in December Australia oh, I think we'll get it I do think we'll get it um, yeah. yeah like the Mate, discussion earlier basically. loving your optimism I'm going to go USA <gasps> The average crowd in the A-League will be blank compared to last season. Mm. I'm pretty much the same. Perhaps marginally better. I think the Robbie Fowler show will help in Perth. Yeah. He'll get crowds when he go around. But will also... Will North Queensland get the crowds they were getting without Robbie Fowler? No. I mean, they didn't have a lot. They had a, you know, a good turnout for the catchment area, but it's not like they had masses anyway. Nicky Carl, I think, at Sydney. If Sydney go well, might get a few. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think it'd be massively more, but pretty much the same. Perhaps a little bit more if certain teams are going a good run. Right, I think the average will go down slightly. Cool, you're you're cheery today. USA for the World Cup, crowds uh, well, going down. Because I, I think I think that whatever Perth Glory put on, North mm-hmm. Queensland will lose. Yeah. I think Melbourne Heart will eat into Melbourne Victory's average. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so we're talking average, not cumulative. I think obviously hmm. cumulative, more people will go and watch the A League this year, yeah, which yeah. is good. Yeah, but I do think that you know, I do think that Melbourne Heart will do well to average, you know, eleven, twelve thousand in their in their first season. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think uh, you know Wellington need to do well to keep those crowds up. Yeah, um, yeah I'd, I'd say it'd be probably about the same or, or slight, very slightly down. I'd say. All right, Johnny Warren Medal will be won by blank this season. Perez, that Argentinian uh, lad. The Mariners. Said, the Mariners are signed. Oh, Jeff, it's a big call. <laughs> I know it is. It's probably not what I think either. I'm just saying it for controversial stakes and so I could play it back in a few months' time if it happens. Um, yeah, may, maybe he might win it. He's supposed yeah. to be really good. I'm not just, you know, I've not just Wikipedia'd him and gone, oh, he's, yeah. he's mates with Messi and Tevez. He, he is supposed to be... A Facebook gen- friends. Or <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be a genuinely good player. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, I think if Graham Arnold gets the most out of him, which is a big if, um, yeah, he could be a really good player. If not, I think Smelts deserves it. Again, he's won it before. Deserves it. Yeah, he won. The- he hasn't played yet. It's voted for by the players. <laughs> yeah, but I think I thought he should have won it last year. <laughs> Who won it Massive last year? Pause. I can't remember. Hernandez. 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 Who was probably deserving as well, but. Yeah, Eiffel was our, was our player of the year, wasn't he? God, it seems like so long ago. World Cup in the middle just fries your brain. No, actually, I'm changing. No, I want Eiffel to win it. 
I don't know. Do I? God, getting back into A League mode. So you think we'll win it? Who, will, who do you think Perez, will be the best Perez player in the A League this season? You think Perez will be Perez, the best yeah. player in the A League? Okay. I'm going to go Alex Brosk. Mm, I yeah. think he's going to have. He's going to follow on from last season. He's going to have Nicky Carr behind him, feeding him. I think he'll have a great season. Yeah, but I think he will. Wellington Phoenix will finish blank compared to last season. Mm, perhaps. I don't know. This is a tough one. I think about the same, if not a little bit lower down. I don't think they're going to shoot yeah, up. I'll agree. I can't see them getting better. Ernie Merrick will blank this season. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, Blank Michael Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> have a tough season, I think. Have a tough yeah, season. Yeah, I think so. They haven't got that striker in evening, so it's waiting. I was, um, was going to say, Ernie Merritt will not smile. Will not smile, yeah. Season. That's another safe one. Uh, we will be blank by Graham Arnold's first season coaching in the A-League. <sighs> Do you say surprised or unsurprised? I think largely unsurprised. Um, in, in terms of what we were saying before about it's, it's going to be a pretty tough first season in the club that's probably largely overachieved so right. yeah food uh, as well I think it's another thing you could probably put in there I'm going to I'm going to be more positive on this I'm going I'm to go we'll be pleasantly surprised by Graham I hope Arnold's so. first season I do hope so um, because I think for all the stuff with the Socceroos I think day to day I think you know, at a club level I think there's probably a good coach in there mm. trying to get out and I yeah. think we'll start to see it um Jose Mourinho will win blank this season mm. at Madrid. Uh, nothing. I don't think he'll win anything first don't season. Win anything. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I know it's never a good idea to go against Mourinho because everywhere he's gone, he's pretty much cleaned up. Um, but that, I just think it's that Barca team. I think it's just on another level. I mean, Real Madrid last season broke the record amount of points for La Liga yeah. season but Barcelona got even more and it was the head to head where you know Barcelona were clearly a better team and I think Mourinho might just need another year OK I'm going to go Jose Mourinho will win the Champions League this season at Madrid interesting to see what their price are price mm. is probably got half the second he yeah. got appointed but. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool have blank chance of a Champions League spot this season um, since the Hodgson appointment and the Cole edition a reasonable chance but uh, I think they'll finish fifth. I think they'll just miss out. I mean, you have to see Man City breaking that top four, don't you? And I think that Arsenal made a couple of smart recruits. Then you've got Chelsea, Man U. So miss out. I think they'll miss out this year. Okay. Um, I would go Liverpool. I'm going to go in my heart here. Liverpool have got no chance of a Champions League spot this season. <laughs> um, the EPL will be won by blank this season. EPL be won by Chelsea, I think, this season. I mean, they've kept that core of players. They're used to playing with each other. It's coming to a bit of an end of a cycle in terms of, of, of the group of players they've got there. But Whereas Man City, you know, going to need a bit of time to gel and Man, you rely too much on Rooney. No, I, th- I think it'll be uh, Chelsea again. Right. I think the EPL will be won by Man City this season. Yeah, I saw that in your You're prediction. Limb. All right, Wembley will play host to blank and blank <laughs> in this year's Champions League final. Okay, uh, perhaps go Chelsea Barcelona. Okay. Um, the way Wembley's been going, it'd probably be Guns and Roses, <laughs> or the or the New York Jets and the Cincinnati <laughs> yeah. Bengals. Or yeah. Um, I'm obviously going to go Real Madrid because I've said that they're going to win it, and I will go Real Madrid and what about Barca in the final. That'd be interesting. Real Madrid and Barca. Imagine that. Yeah, Wembley, Wembley final. I'm I'm going to be over for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
back for a best mate's wedding, so I'm going to put your holiday form. Build that in. No, I haven't yet. Okay. Um, Rafa Benitez will blank at Inter Milan. Um, to win the title, I still think I think they'll retain that title because they are, um, you know, I think was it five years in a row they've won it now. It's got the same set of players. I can't see him winning anything else or excelling in Europe or anything like that. But yeah, I think they'll get the title. Okay, I'm gonna go. Rafa Benitez will forever be in Mourinho's shadow at Inter mm. Milan. Um, well, I don't see Mourinho hasn't, hasn't gone back there and raided him yet. I, was, I sort of had the real think, inkling that like he was going to go back there and get Mike on, Mike on, uh, and sure Lucio, about and uh, oh, yeah, and take that sort of you know those guys that he trusts at the back because like that's where Real Madrid just lose it. Yeah, you know, they've got so much going forward in the midfield, but at the back they're just you know, and I think the one thing that which is why I think they're a really good bet for the Champions League is because they they've been undone at the early stages and knockout stages by just not being good enough defensively yeah and conceding silly away goals and mm. come back to haunt them and I just think they'll um, I just think that's the one thing Mourinho will, will yeah. tighten up with them well they, they asked him he said you know who, who do you plan to sign and he said oh just a few defensive players and yeah. that's what he normally does yeah, isn't he? he keeps yeah. the same Nukes yeah. player gets in a couple you know, of if he, if he was to take Ashley Cole Lucio and Mycon yeah to Real Madrid about four yeah yeah that's the team um, all right, so that's uh, that's the end of Blankety Blank. What do you think? No, I, liked, I enjoyed like that. It. It's good, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, talking point for this is quickly would would be to look at. Um, I just did a quick scan of the marquee players that were a week out from the A League season that we're starting to see. Let's just run through this. Yeah. And bear in mind that obviously now there are, there are three marquee spots available. Um, yeah, that the FFA have now loosened the, 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 the per, well, not their purse strings, but the club's purse strings a little bit. You can now have an Australian marquee, you can have a marquee player, and a junior marquee. Yeah, let's run through this. Adelaide United, Australian marquee, non. Marquee player, non. Junior marquee player, non. This is like the pools. <laughs> Brisbane Raw, Australian marquee, non. Marquee player, non. Junior marquee, non. Mariners, Australian marquee, non. Marquee, non. Junior marquee, Oliver Basalic. Gold Coast, Kalina as Australian marquee. Marquee player, no. Uh, junior, Taj, Minicom. Melbourne Heart, Skoko, Australian marquee. No marquee or junior marquee. Uh, Melbourne, Archie Thompson, Australian marquee. No marquee player, no junior marquee player. Newcastle Jets, no Australian marquee, no marquee player. Adam Deputso as junior marquee. Queensland Fury, none of the above. Perth Glory, Stajowski as Australian marquee. Fowler as marquee player. Tando Valapi as junior marquee. Sydney FC, Nicky Carl as Australian marquee, no marquee player. Terry Antonis as junior marquee. Sydney Rovers, obviously, no one yet. Wellington Phoenix, no Australian marquee, no marquee player, no junior marquee player. Are they allowed a Kiwi marquee? I don't know. Well, I'd guess so, because it'd just be the marquee player, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, but if, if you know, if they had another marquee player and they wanted a, an ANZ Maybe, one. I suppose. But you, you'd have to say that that's not really the club's embracing the whole marquee system, is it? <laughs> All those nuns in there. Um, I, sp- I suppose, Perth, if you look at Perth, they've got Stajowski... Former, you know. I mean, Perth, yeah, Perth are the only team that has filled all three spots. Yeah, and they've got Fala, you know, and they've got a Tan is a good goalkeeper as well. So, you know, they have done a good job, but yeah, the, the rest of them, it's, it's sort of disappointing. Everyone's sort of talking about giving them more marquees, and yeah. most of them don't use it anyway. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm just look at that, and you're just totally underwhelmed by the whole thing. You know, obviously yeah. Adelaide and North Queensland are under FFA control. 
Mm. So, you know, so they're obviously not spending money. And I just look at that and I just think, you know, from a World Cup where people are, have seen the best players in the world in their living mm. rooms for the last month, you know, is that going to inspire people to get off the backside and yeah. and go and watch the A-League? And, and I'm, you know, OK, let's take the Australian marquees aside. Mm. There's only one marquee player in the A-League this season, and yeah. that's Robbie Fowler. I can't believe Not one club has bought in a new marquee player this season. Yeah. Um, I can't believe there's not an Asian marquee. With our links to Asia and the, you know, the players over there and you know, Japan going well at the World Cup, I just can't believe that you know, one, not one team's you know, barked up that tree and got in a, a really good Asian player. But yeah, it, it's disappointing, slightly depressing. Terry Antonis going straight into that junior marquee player role at Sydney. Yeah, right for him, 16, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Had lunch with him the other day, didn't we? Yeah. It's quite funny watching him pick through his food. Yeah, <laughs> nice lad, though. Yeah, he's yeah, a really nice good lad. guy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that to me is, is very disappointing. And, you know, I don't know, we've talked about this briefly before, but, you know, we, and we look at the MLS as a, as a league that's, you know, probably obviously 15 years old now, so, mm. but as potentially a blueprint for where the A-League could go, you know, and now over a period of time moved into their own soccer-specific stadiums and... You know, and the, and under their structure, the MLS own all the player contracts. Mm. You know, and effectively they're drafted out to the clubs. You know, and the more I see the non-use of the marquee player system, the more I think that potentially the time has come for the for the A League to take central control and contract. You know, eleven players, mm. like good marquee players, pay them centrally out of the TV money. You know, and have a draft. Yeah. You know, again, it adds a bit of showbiz, add a bit of fun. Well, I know? watch the NBA draft. It's a yeah, whole, you know, it's like a six-hour thing, isn't it? And they're getting, you know, the college players or the, the other players in. So, yeah, it is a bit of a do. So, we'd do it. Whoever finishes bottom gets the first pick. Or how does it work? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, it's like right. You know, and I just, I, I just think, you know, something has to be done to, 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 to make the clubs, you know, try a bit harder in terms of their recruitment because... You know, it's difficult to to inspire people to go and watch when, you know, you're looking at it. If you're looking at Adelaide or you know Newcastle or North Queensland, you know, I, I'm not, I'm talking about bringing new fans in. I'm not talking about the hardcore that will go and watch. You know, whether the you know mm. it's eleven of their mates playing. You know, and I don't think we can take those people for granted either. You know, people mm. want to be entertained. People want to see, you know, a new player get excited about a new signing and. You know, I don't really see that this season. The one you know, thing I'm looking forward to seeing how Hart gel. You know, and obviously, you know, there's some solid recruitment there. You know, Michael Beecham, Skoko. You know, but again, you know, it's players that we know inside out. I want to go and see, you know, some guys that I've never seen play before. Exactly, someone else. The one thing I say about the draft system is that in other sports, the mentality of players seem to be that they're willing to go and live in that area that they've been selected to go and live in. Footballers are used to getting their own way. And I yeah. can't see if there's a draft and going, oh, by the way, you've got to go and live in Townsville. And it's like, oh, sorry, no offence to Townsville. That was one off the top of my head. But, you know, wherever, somewhere that they don't want to live. Yeah. Um, well, mate, who knows? There's a week to go. Yeah. Is there a transfer deadline? Is, is there a cut-off point at which signs have to be made? Or is it the end of August? Is it the same as... The European window? I think we'd know, wouldn't you? Know. Yeah. Good question. Maybe some of our more knowledgeable readers could let us <laughs> Somebody's know. done some research, yeah. Whether there's a transfer deadline. Uh, that's all for section two. We'll be back for the final section where we're actually going to have a, a, a bit more of an in depth look towards the start of the season, uh, which also kicks off next Thursday. So join us after the break.
The new issue of 442 is on sale now. Relive all the best moments of the South African World Cup with our 30-page review, including expert analysis into the Socceroos' performances. We predict the impact that man called Mourinho will have at Real Madrid. Go behind the scenes with A-League new boys Melbourne Hart and go one-on-one with outspoken former Socceroos keeper Zelko Kalic. If it's in the game, it's in 442. On sale now. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider Podcast. Well, we're just a week away from the start of the new A-League season, season six. six yep. Season six, or version six. Mm. Um, obviously, this season with 11 sides, we've got uh, we've got an odd number, so one team each week will be sat out, and uh, mm. the, the team that gets the first week off is Wellington Phoenix, so they get an extra uh, week to prepare. Uh, season kicks off on a Thursday night, um, two firsts. First game in the A-League for Melbourne Heart and first A-League game at Amy Park. So, um, mm. looking forward to that. 7.30 kick-off. Um, perennial party poopers, the Mariners, will be going down there, I'm sure, to spoil the party, which yeah. they, they love doing. Get stuck into a few long balls, ruin their day. Oh, and also, yeah. another first. Uh, Graham Arnold's first coaching game in the A-League. Yeah. So no, I mean, it's a really good one. Lots to watch about that. I quite like that, that match-up. Yeah. I mean, how, how do we see Hart going the first season? This is what reminds me of last season when our predictions were absolutely <laughs> terrible the entire season. And this game is even harder it to predict. It is one of the it? most difficult leagues in the world, I think, <laughs> to pick. It it's really so, there's no such thing as a banker anywhere, is there? Like I remember you know, exactly this time last year, it was Melbourne Heart. Oh, sorry, uh, Melbourne, Melbourne Victory. Victory. Versus Nailed on Mar- home yeah. win. <laughs> Mariners go and win 2-0. So it's not easy. It was it to predict. that, wasn't it? Wasn't it 3 or 4? No, I think they just won 2-0 that first one. I remember Simon miss hitting it into the roof of the net. I've got, I first looked at that and went, oh, that's a rematch of what it was last year, forgetting the Hearts a new, new team. How do I see this one panning out? Mm. <laughs> God, I really don't know. Um, score draw. Two all. You reckon? Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I think I Melbourne Heart are going to win. I think Melbourne Heart will win. I think they've... Uh, they see, yeah, I think they seem to have... Um, yeah, been together a while now. I think they'll have been, you know, like working on their, their systems. I think they'll be revved up for it. They've waited a long time for this opening game. Very interested to see how many turn up. It'd be a very good. One. Not that we should be obsessed with the crowds, but no, I will be interested to see how many turn up. Yeah. Um, Friday night game, two games on Friday night. We've mm. got Adelaide versus Newcastle. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. And yep, we've got we do. Perth versus North Queensland. So you know, obviously, uh, stage managed. Uh, Fixture there, taking uh, Robbie Fowler's old team to play his new team. Um, Get a with bit the, of interest. With the later kickoff, obviously 8 o'clock in Perth, but 10 o'clock for us here in the, on the eastern seaboard. Um, Adelaide, Newcastle, obviously uh, new coach at Adelaide. Yep. But yep. pretty much the same team. Yeah, very interesting to see how they play. You know, as soon as you get a Dutch coach in, then there's ex- expectation of how certain style they're going to play. They're going to run out and kick the Newcastle Jets all over. Yeah, the park. basically, yeah. Um, I think the Jets might win that one actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you know Branko would have had enough time with them over pre-season, and Adelaide might take a little bit of time to to get. Yeah, on the Jets. Feet, you know, like the Jets um, played, went through a sort of bit of a purple patch last season, and going into and, the, yeah. And uh, you know, when they went and won it convincingly at Sydney, and they put a decent run together, and then sort of it all fell apart, and it, mm. it seemed to coincide with when Michael Bridges was playing regularly and then when he got injured and he's mm. been named skipper this year so you know I think if he can stay fit yeah um you know you tip the jets to uh to to have a good season 
Yeah. Um, Perth, as we've said, you know, critical for them. You know, going back to the marquee, the only club that has filled yeah. all three marquee positions. They've spent the money. You know, they've speculated. Tony Sage has, has you know, has really backed Dave Mitchell there. So that's absolutely critical that they get yeah. off to a to a good start there. Banker as well, I think. Banker. Is that going to be our banker? <laughs> no, God. Say that. You'd think so, wouldn't you? That would be, you know, out of, uh, out of all of the fixtures, you'd have to suspect that Perth get off on the right foot. Yeah, against, I'd, uh, I'd be tipping Perth. North North I'm interested in uh, talking about North Queensland Fury about um, how David Williams is going to get on this season. Because yeah. I think he's a really good player. And I, yeah. and I think perhaps, given a bit more responsibility up front, he might have a cracking season. Um, Saturday night. See, we'll see uh, Sydney take on Melbourne. Grand final rematch, SFS. I can't go. I can't go either. I arranged something because I didn't realise the season was starting. I missed his 40th oh, that, that night. That is a good excuse. Conversation um, went something like this. Oh, <laughs> the opening game of the A-League season um, kicks off on the night of your 40th. And, it, and the retort was, how, how long did you just spend at the World Cup? Oh. I went, we'll have a lovely night. <laughs> I'll take it. You've used up all your credits, yeah, haven't you? There's no like, way. Three weeks at the World Cup is, is going to take me three years to pay back. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, grand final rematch. Flick a coin for that one, I think. Uh, You'd probably say Sydney, Sydney. will go into its slight favourite. Yeah, I, I think Sydney would, would probably, you know, edge them out by a goal. 1-0, 2-1, something like that. Yeah. Um, Gold Coast, uh, again, you know, local derby. Gold Coast, Brisbane um, on the Gold Coast. Sunday. Um, Another interesting one. See how Andrew's team takes shape. You know, he's had a, it is his team now. So yeah, yeah. But I think with, with Brisbane, Andrew's got a bit of a reputation for bringing through young players, and he, you know, previously when he was uh, managing in Australia, and regardless of how he did with uh, uh, the young Socceroos, I do think he's good at that. So I, I reckon uh, Raw will be an interesting team to watch because I think they'll be looking to bring through the next, you know, Tommy Orr or Zulo or something. Um, and the and the Gold Coast, I think. You know, got to be aiming for top two this year, aren't they? And not not so much. This, they were all we seemed to be talking about in the lead up last yeah, season, wasn't yeah, it? it was. um, yeah. And you know, a little bit of the the light off them, and I think they're. Clive Palmer's certainly been conspicuous by his absence. Um, you know, compared with last season when he was all over the press talking about going undefeated, and yeah. you know, obviously Paul Ocon's left there now, so Miron's sort of running the show um, on his own. Uh, so look forward to that. Yeah. To some of the uh, some of the press conferences and uh, and stashes in the media that I'm sure follow. So yeah, their their teams remained you know relatively solid. Mm. You know, last year. I mean, Van Stratton's left, but um, but yeah. So I I think they'll they'll definitely be there or thereabouts. Um, okay. So that's that's a very early look ahead at next week. I'm sure we'll have another look um, next Thursday's podcast where we'll no doubt be talking about the flurry of late transfer activity. And the seven marquee players that have joined uh, <laughs> Based since on our this words. last podcast. Three of them Asian. Reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just one final thought before we go. And, uh, you know, for Craig Foster must be crying into his cornflakes, you know, this morning at the extent of that's been revealed an audit into Barcelona's debts. Um, the pin-up boys of world football, it seems, are now carrying a debt of around $600 million. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about more than a club. It's more than about five clubs with that sort of debt. But yeah, get us takes a takes a little bit of the gloss for it, doesn't it? Because it's always been, you know, they've always been portrayed as this perfect model. You know, yeah. youth development, you know, fan-owned club, you know, democratic elections, Election, yeah. you know, 
Megan Club, you know, yeah. all of that, and they're they're in more debt than exactly. most clubs, you know, and and you know you can't really compare their debt with Man United because Man United's debt is a debt that was taken on by the people that bought them to buy them. Yeah, you know, Man United as a club are a very very profitable club, mm. um, whereas this is a straight debt. You know, they are massively overspending. Yeah, exactly. Um, shirt sponsor, maybe. Is it time? Not for six hundred million. No, no, but. You know, they're saying that they made a loss of what seventy-seven million euros last season. Yeah. And, you know, you know how these things work. With um... well, I was reading this other. They reckon that someone, someone, I can't remember who it was some, uh, you know, like KPMG or someone like that, mm. put the value of winning the Champions League at around two hundred million. Because the knock-on effects the knock-on and all the rest of that, yeah. and merchandising and shirt sales and TV money and all that. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose if you set up a side, you know, and you're paying the sort of wages and that to, to win the Champions League and you don't, mm. you know, there's a knock-on effect to that. But, um, but it'd be interesting to see how they um, get themselves out of that. Yeah. You know? However, in Spain, there's, there's a tradition of sort of the banks stepping in, uh, yeah. certainly Real Madrid, and, you know, you never really know. Yeah. Their debts are clear, but they seem to be. We can assume that the Fabregas thing's off now. It well, like yeah, that's, anyway, that's, that's the latest on that, which is the fallout of this is that, um, you know, they're not going to be going and spending another sort of 30 or 40 million mm. on um, on Fabregas. Uh, so it looks like he'll be staying put at, um, at Arsenal. And certainly Wenger's come out and said, as far as he's concerned, he's going nowhere and um, and there's, there's no deal to be done. So mm. uh, Arsenal fans will be, uh, will be breathing a big sigh of relief uh, around the world. All ten of them, um, but it won't be a loud sigh of relief. I'll be no, really no. quiet, and no one not will really in, hear. Not it. in the library. No. Yeah. All right, that's it for us for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week on the morning of the A League kickoff, and hopefully Trev will be uh, will be full packed full of little interviews from the A League launch on Monday. So yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, join us then when we'll be speak to some of the main players that will be uh, filling your TV screens this A-League season. Thanks for joining us. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.